Hey everybody, welcome to the Young Professional Podcast. My name is Niall Lauder and the reason I started this podcast was to connect with successful entrepreneurs and business owners and allow them to share their knowledge and insight. I'm hugely passionate about business and I know I have so much to learn and so I thought what better way to, to do that than to start a podcast. So I hope you find these interviews useful. In this episode today, I was pumped to get to sit down with a guy who I've connected with online. His name is Clint Wallace, and he's a full-time seven-figure seller on Amazon. Hope you guys find this valuable. So Clint, thanks very much for, for agreeing to jump on the podcast and have a chat with me. Um, I'm excited to, to obviously chat through Amazon FBA and, and hear what you have to share and, and your insights um, through that. So why don't you introduce yourself and tell us what your main focus and, and business is. Yeah, yeah. My name is Clint Wallace. Um, if you don't follow me on Instagram, it is at Amazon FBA Freedom. Um, so you can go check me out there. But yeah, um, I'm an Amazon private label seller. There's different ways to sell on Amazon. Um, I focus on the private label. I kind of got into private label and it kind of took off for me. It started to make a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, now kind of run my two own brands on Amazon and I'm branching out into teaching people how to do it as well. So that's kind of like the summary. Nice. Of everything. Yeah. Quality. And so how did you initially get started or did you take a course online or did a friend tell you about FBA or did you just read about it or? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, man, I was working like a six to six shift work. I was working, I was a chemical operator, mm-hmm. worked at a chemical plant. And I knew there was something better, right? I knew there was something better. And I literally just Googled how to make money online. Yeah. And yeah, a YouTube video popped up on you on Google mm-hmm. and it was like, make money on Amazon. I was like, what's this? I clicked on it. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I saw that uh, this guy was driving a Lambo around. He <laughs> said he sold on Amazon. I was like, Oh my gosh, dude, there's no way this is real. Yeah. Like, this is all, all scam. fake. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's a scam, whatever. Right. Amazon. I always thought Amazon sold their own product. I was like, this is a scam, right? Yeah. So I just kind of followed them for a little bit. And then I kind of just dropped it, right? I was like, ah, whatever, man, it's a scam. Yeah. And then uh, I picked it back up probably two, probably two, three months later mm-hmm. because I was just watching YouTube videos. Now they suggest, well, they suggested one of his videos, the same guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he was like, how I made $30,000 a month on Amazon. I was like, no way, man. So I started really researching it. I found out that more people were doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took the leap, took a course and learned a little bit. Um, I was kind of disappointed in the course, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it was from a pretty big time guru and yeah. I was kind of expecting a little bit more, mm-hmm. but that's kind of how I started. I just literally Googled how to make money online. And I tell people it's very easy to start making money online. You just have to use your resources. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've all done that, you know, I don't know, sitting at home and you kind of like, there must be a different way or at least a way to make money online through the internet um yeah i think we've definitely all done, all done that but do, do you want to maybe explain uh you know what fba is in a bit more detail obviously you said you're a private seller but what does that actually look like in terms of yeah. the products and, and amazon and how does that all work yeah so private label is um Basically, there's a couple of ways to sell on Amazon. Amazon FBA stands for fulfillment by Amazon. Basically, it just means that you're shipping in your products to an Amazon warehouse. Amazon is then taking all the legwork out. They're storing your inventory for you, so you don't have to store it at your house. And then they are shipping it out two-day prime 
um, which is awesome. And then they handle returns and they handle fulfillment and everything, right? They handle everything while all you have to really do is, you know, reply to customers every once in a while, make sure your listing is perfect and, you know, make sure your ads are running perfect. So as a private label seller, now there's three different ways of selling Amazon. There's private label, there's retail arbitrage where you go buy things from like Walmart for mm -hmm. cheap and then you flip them on Amazon for a product, name brand stuff, right? Yeah. And then there's wholesale where basically you take existing brands um, that are not on Amazon yet um, and then you basically go to them and say, hey, we'll wholesale your product. But I do private label. And the reason why I did private label is because I felt like with retail arbitrage, it was always going to be a hustle. And yeah. I don't mind hustling, but you're always trying to find the next deal. You have to like hustle every day. And I kind of like, man, I don't know if I want that. Like, yeah. I don't want uncertainty. Yeah. And then the wholesale kind of threw me off too, because at the end of the day, I didn't own that brand. Say like I was trying to resell, I don't know, like something, you know, like toilet paper, like, or Pampers, something like diapers or something, right? That at the end of the day, Pampers owns that brand. Mm -hmm. And I'm selling for them, but at any time they can be like, you know what, Clint, we're going to start selling Amazon ourselves. And it's happening to a lot of wholesalers now. Yeah. A lot of these brands that were doing wholesale in the beginning, I think they've noticed how much money these people were making. They're like, wait a minute, why are we paying this guy as the middleman when we can go learn how to sell on Amazon through a course like mine? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? They can learn from, from beginner to advanced. Yeah. And uh, so that's why I chose private label because you're actually creating a brand. You're relabeling. You're rebranding products that are selling well. You're innovating in the market. You're making yourself different. And I just like that idea of something that I can own and I can control. It's under all my control. I don't have to worry about a brand backing out on me. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to worry about not finding deals at Walmart or Ross or wherever you're going to go find deals at. Um, so that's why I kind of drew towards private label. Mm -hmm. And all you do is just rebrand products and you create your own brand. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was the best way going forward for future now, yeah. I know a lot of people are making a lot of money with retail arbitrage. They're making a lot of money with wholesale. Um, but I just felt like future-wise, private label is going to be the way to go. Yeah, it definitely feels like it's got the best, you know, potential for longevity, um, you know, in the next couple of years. If you build that brand, you build the loyalty around your customers, you know, they can, I assume that they return, or at least if the product is right, that they they can return to, to continue to purchase it if they need, you know, if it is a repeatable product that they need, if you know what I mean? Yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, <clears throat> I preach to my students all the time that, you know, you got to try to create a brand that people want to come back to. Think about Nike, right? How like iconic Nike is. And you might think like just because they have superstars wearing their gear, but it's because people are true fans of that brand. Mm -hmm. um, and having, I just posted something today on Instagram about having an email list and having an email list is so so crucial and if you have those true fans like i have people that buy from my brand almost monthly yeah um now i did have the fortunate of finding a product that is replenishable mm -hmm. um so it's kind of i kind of found like a gold mine product that someone's going to need to buy at least every one to two months this was yeah. like this is yeah but i didn't find this product when, when i first started the brand so you're right like collecting those emails and a lot of people say, well, Amazon owns the customers, which is true. You can't really get a customer's email through Amazon, but there are ways around it to actually get your customer's um, email. You know, you can say like, hey, for a lifetime warranty, put your email in here. And yeah. guess what? You got their email. Yeah. Um, and that's not against Amazon's TOS. Um, you can send them to your website from your product if you're just like doing a, a warranty, but you can't send them there. 
otherwise because Amazon sell. wants yeah. yeah Amazon wants people there to buy off their website yeah. um, so there's ways to get around it but you're right like creating a brand that you know having a huge email list you don't have to use these you know launch services or waste money on launching a product because usually launching a product is not profitable usually mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. it is sometimes it's not yeah. Um, but if you have a huge email list and you have brand people, people that love your brand, guess what? You can launch a product through your email list. You, you blast out an email to seven, 8,000 people yeah. and 500 buy. Yeah. There's your launch. Yeah. You know? and it's, it's a very powerful tool to have. And I feel like wholesale, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like reach arbitrage, you can't do that. So yeah. Yeah. yeah t- touching on the email list point there. I think that's really such an important point. And I've read so much about you know, one of the things entrepreneurs and people online wish they had started doing earlier was building that email list. It's a bit like investing. You wish you had always started earlier. But what what ways, maybe, could you share one or two on how you go about building that email list? Yeah, for my Amazon or for my personal brand? Uh, <laughs> either, either or both. Yeah. Yeah, they sound, they have a similarity between the two. Now, usually with my products on Amazon, we put insert cards in our um, products. And most of the time when you get a product from Amazon, it's going to have an insert card saying, thank you for your purchase, blah, blah, blah. You know, if you have any problems, contact us here. If you have this, contact us there. Yeah. Um, and then it will say like for a free lifetime warranty. So you're giving like this free lifetime warranty for their email address. So mm-hmm. that's like one of the number one ways I collect emails um, on Amazon and that's that's how you get emails most of the time when you give value for free. Like on my Instagram, I'm constantly posting an ebook for free mm-hmm. about product research. So I'm trying to get people's emails. I'm trying to market to them. I'm trying to get them to sign up for my course. Mm-hmm. You know, and the same thing goes with my free webinar. It's a free life training. And I think a lot of people want to make the money. And like you said, they want to start early, but they don't understand that they have to build that trust. Yeah. And that email list before they can even ask people to buy. Yeah. Because I think the number one reason why people don't buy is they don't trust it. Mm-hmm. So gaining emails. Also, I implemented bot marketing into my Amazon um, businesses. So we have like a QR code on our insert card so they can scan it with their phone. And they're basically in our bot marketing system, which is a 90% open rate compared to emails are like 10 to 15%. Open wow. Rate. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the future. And I'm already headed there with my brands trying to really capture them. With that, dude, you can make lookalike audiences on Facebook. Mm -hmm. You can make custom audiences asking for reviews. So it's very powerful, Mm -hmm. very, very powerful using um, bot messengers. So just to explain kind of how that works then, is that you get on the QR code, they scan it, and then that kind of, does that hop them over to their Facebook Messenger and then you've got an automated bot set up to, you know, follow up with them, ask questions, build more trust and, and see if they have any questions? Yeah, yeah. So you basically, I think Facebook has a rule. It's where if someone interacts with your bot, you have 24 hours to market to them. That's like their rule. Okay. And then um, the, after the 24 hours is over, you can send them messages, but they can't be marketing. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of a trick to this, like, you know, like a lot of people do it for restaurants, like they go, you know, do a bot, bot marketing agency for a restaurant. And what they'll do is send a coupon out. The person will scan the QR code and then, you know, it'll send them that automated message back saying, hey, hey, Niall, thanks for subscribing to, you know, McDonald's or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, ask us any questions here. And the bot is pretty much like AI. It learns 
and you can ask it any questions. And then we'll say like three or four hours later, we'll send you another message now because we can, mm -hmm. you know, say like, hey, on your next purchase, get 15% off, but you have to come in by this date. Mm -hmm. So basically you interact with the bot. Um, obviously, Facebook tracks your location and everywhere you're at too. So, so yeah. like if you were to happen to check in at McDonald's, now we know you're at McDonald's and we're going to send you another message probably four to five hours later after you leave McDonald's and say, hey, Niall, how was your experience at a restaurant? And yeah. you say, it was great. Well, guess what? You just interacted with our bot again, and now we can remarket to you. Mm -hmm. So, it's yeah, it's not yeah, it's all, yeah, that's Facebook's rule. Because if you go without, if you go 24 hours and you try to remarket to them, like send marketing material, like, hey, get 20% off, mm -hmm. Facebook's going to recognize that and ban you. Oh, okay, yeah. So you have to stay within that bot. But when they first scan that QR code, it takes them right to their Facebook Messenger, which I think like 95% of the population has a Facebook Messenger on their phone. Mm -hmm. um, and then that they're in your bot system, and it's like collecting an email, but it's even better because it's a 90% open rate. Like that is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I, so, even, I know myself, you know, my open rate on emails compared to Messenger is definitely – you know, I definitely would open the message far more than a random email because normally it's spam or it's marketing material or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, what about then in terms of the actual products? You mentioned there that you have two sort of main products. Obviously, I know it's it's not within your uh, best interest to share exactly what they are. <laughs> but are you able even just to, to give a broad category as to, to where they are? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't even hear. Yeah. I, I yeah. No, I, I don't. Yeah, people always get on. Like, there's some people that'll DM me on Instagram, like, "Hey, why don't you show your products?" It's like, "Well, man, I have like you know, fifteen to sixteen thousand followers. If I give away my products, guess what? That's like at Ever least five. <laughs> yeah, or jump on it, or go look at my store. They'll be clicking on my product. My conversion rates will." lower because so many people are clicking on products clicking on products yeah and that product will tank because so many people are clicking on it but they're not buying it yeah understood. Um, and amazon's yeah amazon's algorithm and there's just a lot of things and i don't want people just looking at my store and looking at my products and it's just like ah yeah i feel like people would just start trying to copy me yeah no that's totally and, totally understandable yeah <laughs> no yeah. no i understand that's always a question i get like what do you sell i get i go live on instagram they're like what do you sell on amazon like, yeah, oh, yeah. Would you like to know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, so in terms of if, if people did want to, you know, get started, obviously following you sounds like it would be a good idea on your, on your Instagram. Um, but, mm -hmm. but what other ways, you know, what are the basic kind of steps or, you know, what's the best first thing they should do? Yeah, I would just try to learn as much as you can, right? Because I felt like that's what I did and it started me off really well and then get like a proven mentor. Now, obviously I want you to, you know, choose me as your mentor, but um, you know, get someone that's done it before and then actually is still doing it. That's what I ran into. I, I bought a guy's course that I, I honestly don't even think he sells on Amazon anymore. I'm not going to mention any names because yeah. I don't want to bad mouth anybody, but yeah. I don't know if he even sells on Amazon and I feel like his course is very basic and it doesn't. I always tell people like, look, you're following me. I am still selling on Amazon. I'm still trying to evolve as an Amazon seller. I'm still trying to make more money as an Amazon seller because I'm trying to grow my, my company. So mm -hmm. you're getting the best deal because everything new that I found out, guess what? You find out too. And you get to see what I did wrong and you can avoid the whole situation that maybe I messed up on. So yeah. it's like almost a foolproof system 
on getting with someone like me, purchasing my course, getting into the community. And I tell a lot of people, I was like, you know, it's not even so much about the course and information. I do feel like mine's very in depth and it's very, you know, specific on what you need to do on Amazon and how to be successful. Mm -hmm. But I said, man, our community that we have, you know, we have over a hundred students and we have this community that everybody's like striving for that same goal. And I think that's what holds people accountable. And that's what makes people successful is being able to be in a community where everybody's trying to better themselves. And there's not really any negative, you know, talk, there's no negative energy in there. You know, people are just trying to, people are cheering people on. People are saying, good job. People are posting screenshots like, hey, look at my sales this week. Hey, look at, this is my best month ever. You know, so it yeah. gets people motivated. So just being in that group will be worth the, the price of the course. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, I'd want them to pick me as their mentor. But um, if they want to pick someone else, they can. But make sure they still sell on Amazon. That's all yeah. I got to say. Because make I guess sure they're still doing it. Yeah, I guess as well. You know, I assume that Amazon, like all these other platforms, are constantly evolving, changing, and, and, you know, quickly your course, I assume, would become outdated if you weren't, you know, updating it and, and you know, speaking about the, the updates that are coming to these different platforms like Amazon. Yeah, yeah. I had, I, I originally released my course like in june of last year right yeah. i didn't really know what i was doing i didn't know how to grow an instagram i didn't know how to grow a youtube channel so i had like 10 or 15 students like mm -hmm. i had to update it in january of this year so mm -hmm. just six months down the road stuff changed and and you're right amazon is always changing and I, people are always kind of worried about that They're like hey it's kind of risky i was like yeah but if you think about it most people are going to think like you think hey it's risky and guess what that's less competition for you. Yeah. If you just evolve and change with Amazon, you're going to be okay. For the most part, Amazon stays the same. Yeah. Right. The algorithm doesn't really change like crazy. You know, there's some people that are nitpicking the algorithm like, oh, I dropped one spot in rank and it did this and this. There's one guy and I'm in a Facebook group and man, he's just like, oh, dude, he's like nitpicking every single thing. I'm like, man, my sales stay the same. They're consistent. I'll have slow days. Uh, fast days like today honestly my sales are absolutely terrible but it's because it's mother's day mm -hmm. like holidays make sales slower so it's just using common sense and logic to see why your sales are down but now if it happens multiple days in a row then it might be a problem yeah but i tell people that amazon's always you know updating and changing and i have to change with it so that means you're going to get all the most updated information about it yeah um so yeah that's very true amazon is always changing all these platforms are always changing and it's it's tough, but it's it you is, just gotta yeah. be able. To, yeah, it's just the way it is. And if you're gonna cry about it, then don't sell an Amazon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what about the the uh, you know revenue slash profit margins um, selling on Amazon? Yeah, so I think I don't know what the industry average is, but my my margins hover around thirty to thirty five percent. Um, Sometimes drops into the high 20s, 28s, just depending on like if I'm launching products, if I'm pushing ads hard, there's certain ways you got to do strategically. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to lose a little money to get ranked. Yeah. Um, this strategic plays as you're going along to make money in the long term. Mm -hmm. But I hover around 29 to 35. It hovers through the seasons because my products aren't very seasonal, but they do have a little seasonality, which is kind of weird because I feel like my product that I sell shouldn't have a seasonality because it doesn't seem like it, but it does. So yeah. Um, yeah, most of the time people are going to see screenshots, so they're going to see like $95,000 in revenue a month, but that's not what I take home guys. You know, it's, it's 
29 to 35% margin. And that's like after all fees, that's after all my ads, that's what I take home. And of course, taxes hits that too. And it's funny that people, people will give you a hard time, you know, it's like, Oh, wow. Did you only make it in 30%? I was like, dude, do you understand like what the largest companies in the world, what margins they operate at? Like, yeah. They operate at some operate at fifteen percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, so actually, yeah, thirties yeah, is yeah, is regular. So it's like, what are you talking about, man? Like, what do you want? Like a ninety percent margin? That's unheard of. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's not gonna work. Yeah, and in terms of how passive or active selling on Amazon is, obviously the buzzwords all across Instagram and and with kind of entrepreneurs is all passive income. Um, how much time does it take to, you know, be consistent and continue to monitor and, and develop your store or your products? Yeah. So usually Amazon is a lot of front end work, like with your products, you know, you're getting photos made, you're getting your listing created, you're doing your back end keywords, you're really researching the market. That's going to be all your work. But once you get that product to Amazon and it's launched and it's rolling, yeah. you spend 10 minutes a day probably. You check your ads in the morning, check reviews, You know, make sure you don't have any bad reviews, make sure you're responding to customers' emails. Mm-hmm. And in the evening, you check it again for five to 10 minutes um, after it gets rolling. Now, I will say if you put more into your business, you're going to get more. So that's yeah. I feel like that's why I've scaled to such a high level because I literally would spend almost all day trying to learn and critique my business and do this to my listing and learn about this and product research more. Yeah. Um, but if you want the whole passive income, I, I consider Amazon semi-passive. Yeah. You know, the business is going to run by itself. You know, if I didn't check it for a week, my ads would still run, you know, and my products would still sell. So mm-hmm. technically it could become passive, but you know, you're not going to respond to emails, which is not good. Yeah. And you're going to probably need to try to, you know, look at inventory, maybe tweak your ads a little bit. So it's pretty passive, but at the same time, it takes a little work, but it's all front end work. All entrepreneurship is front end work. You got to put in the work when you don't see the money coming in. And you know, it's a very delayed gratification, which everybody is obsessed with instant gratification in yeah. today's world. Yeah. So yeah, I consider Amazon like kind of passive. That's why I tell people it's like, it's kind yeah. of passive. Like today I've worked maybe five minutes on my Amazon. That's it. And I don't even plan on working on it later on tonight because you know, it's mother's day. And spending time with family, you know, it's, it's important. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, Amazon's great, man. I mean, it really is. Like I could, I went snowboarding earlier this year nice. and, you know, I literally, you know, checked it in the morning and just shred on the mountain all day long. And, you know, you go back to the cabin, you know, grab some dinner and you look at it, you're like, oh, wow, I sold 40 something products today. Wow. I've made, you know, six, $700 in profit already. And I've literally snowboarded all day. So there's yeah. stuff like that that makes you, yeah, it's passive, but not. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, it sounds like a lot of work up front, like you said, and then yes. sort of constant just monitoring. And again, like you said, the more you put into it, the more you'll get out and you'll evolve your, your product strategy and your ads and, and all that kind of thing. So in that sense, like you say, I think it sounds definitely like a lot of other aspects um, around entrepreneurship and, and building a, a business online. It's a lot of effort and you know, research and tactics and strategies up front. And then a lot of the time things can just get rolling and, and be sort of semi-passive. But if you leave it, it'll sort of start to just go downhill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Very true. What about then your own sort of personal mindset and 
um, just developing that sort of right frame of mind for, you know, building a business online and, and self-development, that kind of thing. Can you maybe speak to that a, a little? Yeah. So I basically got laid off um, from my job and kind of got thrown into entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. kind of got thrown into the wildfire. And then, like I said earlier, I was kind of researching Amazon FBA when I was at this job. I didn't really take it seriously. And when I picked it back up is when I actually had gotten laid off. Yeah. I literally left a great paying job that I was miserable there mm-hmm. to go to a better paying job with less work there, you know, offering less work. I went there for four weeks and then they laid everyone off wow. in the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my back was kind of against the wall. Fortunately, my wife was still working mm-hmm. and our expenses um, were exactly her salary. So yeah, <laughs> we were just breaking we even. Were cl- yeah. We were just breaking even, cutting it close because, you know, I was bringing in a good salary. So we're like, you know, what? if our salary can cover all our, you know, general living expenses and, you know, our, our cable, our phones, you know, our, gas in our cars and stuff mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. then we're okay and i was bringing in you know extra money on top of that so we were investing in stuff and we had our savings everything right and then yeah. i got laid off and we're like oh man back was against the wall <laughs> i told my wife i was like look just give me like six seven months please like give me let me try this amazon thing out and i failed for mm-hmm. six or seven months dude. wow I yeah failed. yeah because I, I mean like i said i took that course i didn't really have a good grasp of how to really sell on amazon what it really took to sell on amazon in the mindset and I think getting thrown into the fire like that molded me um, not as fast as if I, w- I would have liked, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like a complete failure, honest. It was it was rough, man, because I came from a background of playing, you know, college baseball, my baseball my whole life, playing college baseball and being very successful. You know, I'm, I'm actually in my office right now. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but, you know, I'm looking at plaques right now. Um, you know, I was very good at what I did. And at my job, I was even very good. You know, I was getting raises faster than anybody else. So I was just a very hard worker that came down to it. You know, I was very determined, very hard. And so it almost felt like everything, not that everything I did in life came easy. It just, I knew that if I put work in, it was going to work, right? Mm -hmm. That was my mindset. You put a work in, it's going to work. And that's how it kind of came to me. And I hit entrepreneurship and man, dude, I put in seven months of work and guess what? I had nothing Mm -hmm. to show for it. Mm -hmm. Just failure. Failure and lost money. Yeah. Um, and I can blame it on the course, but it, I, I think, like you said, it's a lot of mindset. It's a lot of, you know, just, man, it's so hard. Like, um, I talked to Jose. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about all the time about this, like how you can not, you don't see, you can't see it, right? You just can't see it. Like when you're failing and you're in the unknown territory of entrepreneurship and you're not really making a lot of money. And you're thinking in your mind, like, is this really for me? Like, mm-hmm. can I really make money? Are these guys really making money? Or are they all scams? Like, yeah. you just have those bad thoughts, those doubts, and it, it almost eats you alive. Like, mm-hmm. it really does. And I just had to read, I had to tell myself over and over, like, look, I have to do this. Like, I have no other choice. My back against the wall. Yeah. I've, you know, my back has been against the wall before and I got through it. I just got to keep my head down and keep working. And that's like the mindset I started to you know, grow even more. It was like, man, I thought that through sports and through life, that hard work just did it, but it wasn't it. It was like 10 X of what you thought the work needed to be done. You had to do 10 X more to get to the next level Mm -hmm. because these people that are at the next level, they're doing 10 X more and you just don't know it. Right. And so the mindset just almost like got developed as I was failing. Yeah. Failure is the best teacher, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish, I wish I was developing, I developed faster. I wish I didn't fail for seven months, but you know, I learned so much about failure and doubting. And 
people probably ask me all the time, like, oh man, like, you know, you're so lucky to sell on Amazon and make money and do this. I was like, yeah, I mean, but you gotta understand my life's not perfect. Like I, the other week, man, I woke up and I was like, dude, I was negative the whole day, man. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, my products weren't selling well. And it was like one day, man, like it was so dumb. I don't know why I was acting like that. I got like a couple negative reviews on my products. And I was like, oh great, here we go, man. Like, mm -hmm. and you just kind of like stop and think like, okay, look, let's just get some perspective here. That's how far you've come. But you know, you're still human at the end of the day. There's, you're not, you know, some secret that you don't like, I don't know a secret that no one else knows about Amazon. You know, I'm like yeah. a regular person. I have doubts and doubt comes into your mind. So, you know, with the mindset of entrepreneurship, I feel like, you know, failure is important, but self-doubt and just handling that self-doubt and not really, I've come to think like of not, it's funny, right? Not worry about worrying. Like, it's kind of funny to say, like, don't worry about worry, mm -hmm. but I feel like everybody worries, everybody self-doubts, but I feel like if you continue to worry about it and worry about your self-doubt or worry about worrying about something, mm -hmm. then you're only going to make it grow. You're like feeding it, yeah. you're feeding it more and more and more. It's like a monster. Yeah, right? well, it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. So like, that's like one thing in entrepreneurship that I've learned, like patience and just like self-doubt is normal. Like self-doubt is going to pass. It's going to come. You're going to have a day where you're like, over the moon because like I, I broke my record in sales last month like i made nice. you know i broke a revenue number yeah so it's like there's days and there's months you're just like man i don't know if this is gonna work out like i i seriously still have those doubts i'm like man i don't know if my business is gonna last mm -hmm. if this keeps up and then like you know a week later i'm like man this is the greatest week ever in business so it's like the highs and lows of entrepreneurship are like bad when you first start is what i'm trying to say yeah. they're like bad because you don't really have anybody to talk to about them yeah because not a lot of people are entrepreneurs but they get easier totally you, get, you get the ups the yeah the highs get higher and the lows are lower but you they're quicker mm -hmm. like they don't they don't last they just happen real fast you're like oh i'm over it yeah um but yeah self-doubt it it's normal so whoever's listening to this podcast if you're you know doubting yourself on what you're doing just just get just don't worry about it yeah <laughs> it happens to everyone the best everybody has self-doubt even the you know greatest athletes in the world the richest people in the world you know elon musk bill gates i'm sure jeff bezos they doubt things on the daily like yeah. i can't even imagine how much self-doubt they have yeah um they're running billion dollar like, companies <laughs> yeah so i i it's normal yeah. um but i think you just gotta learn how to handle it mm -hmm. and learning how to handle it and just kind of like not bottling it up because I feel like bottling up is bad. Mm -hmm. I feel like bottling it up, you're almost feeding it because yeah. if you're like constricting it, just kind of let it happen. And I just kind of, you know, let it happen. If that's if that's what's going to happen, it's going to happen. And then you're going to get over it and you're going to get on to your next task and mm -hmm. do what you need to do to get past it. But yeah, yeah, mindset and entrepreneurship, it's definitely learned. It's not something you can read about in a book, which a lot of people think you can, which there are a lot of entrepreneurial mindset books, but you know experience is the best teacher yeah absolutely yeah so just, <laughs> you just just touching on books then are there any particular books that have stood out to you or that you've read that have been you know absolute musts or that you would definitely recommend to you know people interested in business and entrepreneurship yeah I don't want to say they can grow rich because I feel like everybody says yeah. they can grow rich. Or Rich Dad Poor Dad. <laughs> yeah, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah, like real I've read both of those. They're great books. Yeah. Um, if you haven't read them, I definitely recommend them. Yeah. Um, but I read a, a Principles by Ray Dalio. Yeah. I feel like that is a very underrated book. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like 
he goes over a lot of things that you can use in your life and not only business. Yeah. And it's a very long book. It's very long. I almost stopped reading it because it was so long. <laughs> yeah. um, but I feel like principles by Ray Dalio really made me think about my business as like systems, mm-hmm. you know, putting systems into place, to do the work for you yeah. and figuring out like why that system didn't work and tweak it, mm-hmm. you know, do it this way. Now do it this way. And it never seems like he was ever in a rush to do anything. Yeah. You know, it really seems like he always had, like he always had a method to mm-hmm. what he was doing. And I, I really liked how he broke it down. Um, I'm actually reading lean startup right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you read that one. No, I'll check it out. That is a great book for, I think it's not truly about startups, but it's about how you can start up something very lean and how to get past like, problems in the business as quickly as possible so you don't cost the business money so that's yeah. i'm reading it right now halfway through it so i can't really give my full um you can give a half recommendation <laughs> yeah half recommendation it's pretty good so far yeah um but definitely principles by ray dalio is one of my best um if y'all are trying marketing you know dot com secrets or expert secrets any of those by russell brunson are great books yeah <laughs> really talks about the psychology um nice of what well, yeah, marketing. One one of the points you made there in the principles book was, you know, building out systems and processes. I wonder, do you, you know, do you do that within your Amazon business? Do you outsource anything, or have you built a kind of process or system around any part of your business? Yeah, so I th- I haven't really outsourced anything. I do outsource like a couple of things, like photos. I don't really out- people outsource listings, and I really don't feel like you know. Cop- I've seen a copywriter, you know, write a listing compared to me writing a listing, and it's not much better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I've had systems in place to make my work more efficient yeah. with my Amazon. So I have a certain product research method, and I just never. It's so simple. I mean, I'll tell it right now, and it's so simple that it allows you to step back and get perspective. So I always tell people I'm very old school. I have a notebook. It literally, I'm looking at it right now. It has product research written on it and it has tons of products in there that are potential in the future. Yeah. And I do product research now. I don't do it. I used to do it every day when I was first starting. Now I do it about once or twice a month because I have, you know, five products going and you know, I don't, I'm trying to expand sideways, which what I mean by that is, you know, run variations, color size, et cetera. Yeah. With the existing products. Um, that's another method that works very well that most people don't talk about. It's crazy that people don't talk about that, but we won't, we won't get too deep in that, but I have like a product research system, right? I, I write down like when I'm doing product research, it makes me super efficient. Like I'll do product research. I'll see a product that I think is good. Right. Mm -hmm. I haven't really dove into a market. Um, and I'll write it down like in this, in a column, right. And it's like, and I have a column that says like future products. I'll write it down. And I'll just go to the next product. I'll just keep doing these for like probably 10 to 15 products. And once I hit 10 or 15, I will not product research until like two or three days later. And I'll come back to those same products and I'll look at the numbers, right? And then I'll write all the numbers down, like the revenue, the sales, the reviews. And then I'll look at how much it is on Alibaba, get a good idea of how much the supplier is charging for it on Mm -hmm. their end. And then I'll leave it, right? And then and then three or four days later, I'll come back and I'll look at the market. Like what are the customers saying? bad about this product how can i innovate how can i bundle so like what this does is you know you do product research and you step back and then you go through the numbers so like you have 15 products and you come back the second time and you're able to eliminate 
like seven or eight yeah. easily because you're mm-hmm. like, oh, why did I look at that? Why did I do that? Why did I... No, no, no. And then you look at the market and you'll be able to eliminate even more. You're down to two or three now. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be able to go into the market and really look at what's wrong with the product. And you're like, okay, I can really do something with that product. And then you eliminate all these 14 products, which they could have potential, but this is their number one priority is to make money. And that's the one you can make money on. Mm-hmm. And what this does is like, what I had a problem with when I first started on Amazon is that I would see numbers and revenue and I would just jump on it. Like, oh my gosh, I get so excited. And I'm like, dude, they're making $50,000 a month. This is nuts. Everybody yeah. on the first page is making 50K. Like, what are you talking about? This is absolutely crazy. They're selling, you know, a stupid like felt board, mm-hmm. you know, felt letter board, whatever it is, right? They're selling an angleizer, you know, whatever they're selling. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're making so much money. I'm going to jump on it. And I did and I failed. Mm-hmm. So like creating these systems allows you to step back and it actually saves you time, you mm-hmm. know, because think about it, it's time and money, obviously. But if you didn't do this whole system of writing everything down and, you know, reevaluating the product, then you would have went with the, maybe that first product you saw and it would have been a failure. And now you lost, you know, a month of negotiating and getting your suppliers, your product to Amazon. Mm-hmm. You lost another month of trying to get rid of your inventory. So two to three months you're saving with this system. Yeah. Um, and it's so simple. It's not like an intricate, like I made a software system. Yeah. No, it's just, that's how he talks about it, is creating systems to make your work more efficient. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I do with product research. And I feel like it's how I'm able to really launch products that are successful over and over. Like I launched my first successful product and I finally figured out like what made it success, like successful, mm-hmm. you know, and I was able to use that like kind of template of like what a good product should be. And now I'm able to just, when I do product research, I can like just tell like my system is so ingrained in my brain that yeah. I just know like, oh, that's not a good one. Yeah. And now I become more efficient. So that's what he talks about in the books, how you can become more efficient over time. Mm-hmm. And time is money, man. You can't buy time. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Yeah. You know, I think it's some good points there. Um, I was thinking there, it, it, you're obviously from America. What, what state are you in? I am in Texas. Yeah, and so the greatest, the greatest, the greatest state. <laughs> and so, is is all of your, you know, are all of your sales just America, or are they also to Europe and, and you know Asia or? Yeah, I I do have um, an account manager that's working with me right now, and when I say account managers through Amazon, that's a growth service program. Which I, if anybody's listening to this and they're selling on Amazon and they're making easily five to seven to eight to nine thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. profit mm-hmm. on Amazon, they need to get in this program because it'll double their profit in like three to four to five months. Mm-hmm. So they can go from making nine to eighteen. I'm not kidding. Like having these account managers is great. Um, I'm actually looking at to expand in the UK. Um, I just haven't really put my full focus on it because, um, you know, that what's that one saying? A, a man that chases two rabbits doesn't catch any. Yeah. So um, I'm really trying to grow my brand like 10 exit this year. Like it's a growth year. So, yeah. um, you know, I have a lot of money in savings and people probably ask me why I'm not driving a Lambo. Well, this is why, because I'm trying to ask absolutely double my business in one year yeah and what i have to do is you know you have to cut back when you're spending you have to put everything back into the business you have to let it grow yeah um so i'm really trying to focus on making a really good brand awareness on amazon and once your brand awareness is good on amazon.com amazon.uk you just make the transition switch very easy yeah um so my account manager will help me switch very easily but i've thought about going to uk i know it's growing 
Yeah. I know that Australia is starting to get large as well. Yeah, I think um, that I know. E- yeah, eBay is kind of big over there in Australia. I'm kind of waiting for Amazon to push them out because I know it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, eBay is not going to be able to compete with them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I definitely want to make switch to international, but right now I'm just trying to double down on what's working yeah. and try to make as much money riding the Amazon wave. Yeah. Trying and, to make as much money as possible. Yeah. And so you mentioned, you know, the Amazon wave. Do you think will Amazon be here in 30 years or do you think this is going to be a trend that, you know, perhaps Amazon will buy over your brands, you know, and, and the rest of the private label brands on, on Amazon or what's your thoughts on that? Yeah. I, I I really don't know if it's going to be around for 40, 30 years. Like as Amazon.com, it yeah. might evolve. It might get sold. Um, I don't think e-commerce is going anywhere. No. That's that's a fact. Yeah. Um, I know that as Amazon evolves, Amazon starts to launch their own private label um, businesses. I don't think that they're going to start buying out us. Mm-hmm. Um, unless they wave a pretty big check at me, I might just take it. But yeah, um, yeah I I don't think Amazon has the capacity to run that many private label brands. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're only one company and they only have a certain amount of employees. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have to trust me, they have their hands full with a lot of fraudulent sellers on Amazon already. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Is it going to be amazon.com or are they going to have to be split up? Cause right now, I mean, I don't know if you know what's going on in the U S like literally Facebook, Google, and like Amazon are about to like, run the whole country like it's it's like facebook you know instagram they own you know whatsapp they own facebook obviously you know amazon owns whole foods which i don't know if y'all know whole foods over there is it's like just yeah they own whole foods now i think they own zappos it's like man they just own everything google's starting to swallow up more and more and more and i think bezos he just has that like that conquer like he wants to be a conqueror i feel like that's his like mindset he's just conquering everything yeah um, so I don't think Amazon's going to slow down. I know that they're doing one day deliveries now. Yeah. And so they're trying to beat that up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's crazy to me that I don't get how walmart.com is not reaching out to us, like Amazon sellers and trying to get us to their platform. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like Walmart's the only person that can compete with Amazon and, mm-hmm. and I don't see Amazon going anywhere unless Walmart figures it out. And the only downside of Walmart that I have to use, you know, third-party warehousing, which isn't bad. Yeah. But there's just a little, you know, iffy. They do do the same thing as Amazon warehouses. They fulfill things for you, just like Amazon's warehouse, and it links up to your Walmart.com. But it's not Walmart. Yeah. Um. So I'm hoping Walmart makes a move here, because I mean, if you look at the stats, I think Walmart gets like 30% of the traffic mm-hmm. or something like that yeah. website traffic. Amazon gets like 60 wow. so or, or 50, something, 52, 53, whatever it is, how yeah. much market share they've taken. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's ridiculous. But um, I feel like Walmart really needs to double down on getting some of us, you know, Jumped maybe over. get taken. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. you know, like how, how convenient would it be for them to approach me and say, Hey, look, we'll teach you how to rank on walmart.com. Yeah. We'll, we'll teach you how to sell Walmart.com. Yeah. Yeah. No, but not only that, but if I have a huge following, guess what? I'm going to create more buzz around selling on Walmart. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's going to create more buzz. And guess what? It's going to start taking that market share from Amazon. And then it's going to change Amazon's mindset about how they treat their sellers. Mm -hmm. Um, Because sometimes that's an issue just because it's Amazon is so big and they can't get to everybody as quickly as, you know, our sellers would like. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I don't think they're going to be gone. I really don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be Amazon.com, if they're going to be split up, if they're going to have to split up or mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's, it's crazy where we're at right now. Um, with Donald Trump hating on Amazon anyways, but he's probably not going to be in office next year anyways. So, yeah. <laughs> or not next year. Next election, he's mm-hmm. not going to be – I don't think he's going to win again. Yeah. And he just imposed tariffs. So that's always another good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned your course earlier, sort of wrapping up here. Um, obviously, you know, you, you say you're available to coach people and, and to put them through your course. Is that only for, you know, people in the U.S. or is it – kind of applicable worldwide where Amazon exists? Yeah, it's wherever Amazon's at. I have students from the UK already. I have students from Australia, Canada, Mexico. I have a guy from the Dominican Republic, Mm -hmm. Spain, Germany. So it's wherever Amazon is, my course will work. It's all the same strategies. Amazon's algorithm is kind of the same throughout. Um, So, yeah, it works for everyone. So you just make sure you can sell on Amazon. A lot of people want to sell on Amazon.com because they feel like the sales are there, Mm -hmm. which I think this, you know, obviously Amazon.com is going to, you're going to get the most sales, but, you know, getting into the UK where it's less competitive and you're not making as much money, but you're still making great money on Amazon. So um, don't always, you know, forget about Amazon UK because I feel like it's growing mm-hmm. and it's getting bigger. I think that's Amazon's next target yeah. is to kind of take over that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they move to Australia and take over that area. I feel like they're just a con- – they want to conquer, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. I yeah. feel like they're, they're going to conquer. Nice. Cool. Well, sort of wrapping up, Dana, what is the most useful product or service that you've bought this year under $100? Most useful product or service yeah. I bought under a hundred dollars. Hmm, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> I spend a lot on my products and services. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would say my product research software would probably be my most useful and vital wow. to my is, business. Yeah, is that yeah is that Jungle Scout or is that something else? Yes, I use Jungle Scout. I, I used to use Viral Launch, but they raised their prices. So, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably my, my most useful software yeah. that, for my company, for sure. Yeah, and is Jungle Scout what you would recommend, you know, in your course, yeah? Yes, yes. Jungle Scout's the OG, man. They're the OG of product research tools. So nice, yeah. They have the most data. They have the most everything, so I yeah. trust them. Cool. Where do you get your best ideas? <laughs> I guess this comes back to the, (laughs) yeah, most people say that. I was going to say it comes back to product research, but yeah, is the shower your place? I don't know, man. Yeah, I really do. My wife will make fun of me. Like sometimes I know a shower fogs over. We have like a glass shower. Mm -hmm. I'll literally like be riding like in the fog. Like I'm not even (laughs) Idea number one. (laughs) Yeah. It's like I write out things and I just kind of think in the shower. I I think I read something. I was listening to a podcast, man. They were saying that like, the, the sound of like water, like of the shower actually puts your brain in like a theta state. Wow. Like which a trance. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like a theta state is supposedly like the brain when your brain is most like impressionable and most like alert in your thinking. That's mm-hmm. like kind of like when you have this aha moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I, I do get a lot of ideas when I go, you know, I like to hunt and fish a lot. Mm-hmm. So when I go out in nature, man, I'm just, you know, enjoying myself fishing, not really thinking about Amazon and stuff like that, but stuff pops into your head. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just like, 
a very relaxed state. I feel like when I really try to think about things and really try to concentrate on a new idea or something, it just, it, you can't force it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? Uh, yeah. So shower for sure, but being out kind of in nature, man, going on walks too, or exercising, you know, just kind yeah. of being away from technology, man. I feel like that hinders creativity. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So last question to kind of finish up touching on, you know, nature there. What is your favorite place in the world? uh probably the ocean nice ocean yeah yeah inshore we call it inshore here because it's not like you're not in the ocean and i don't know if y'all have like inshore bays basically we have like bays that are only like three feet deep and they run all the way for miles yeah so we that's where we fish so Mm -hmm. you know i like i like to be on the water i like to be away Mm -hmm. um anywhere on the beach anything like that yeah um just to get away from everything man it's nice to get away and think about things yeah away from jungle sky and amazon.com <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah even yeah. though my phone's still out of service unfortunately <laughs> yeah 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 nice one well thanks Clint, for for jumping on and sharing some of these insights around amazon and i think there's definitely even value around you know your thoughts on entrepreneurship and, and mindset there that are definitely going to help out the people who listen to this podcast so thanks again no problem thanks for having me nice one cheers <laughs>